Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm your host, Modern Bar Cart CEO, Eric Koslick. This episode, we talk with my friend, Nikki Blank, about one of the world's most ubiquitous and time-tested drinks, Switchel. This is a cocktail mixer and functional beverage that falls somewhere between a shrub and a tea, and we learn about all the wonders of Switchel as we explore its history, its various incarnations around the world, and how to use it in cocktails and non-alcoholic drinks. But first, I do have just a few quick housekeeping items before we dive into that conversation with Nikki. As you know, the Kickstarter for the Essential Tasting Journal for Spirits and Cocktails is now live. We are right on track in terms of our funding goals, so please click the link on the show notes page and head over to Kickstarter to claim your signed first edition copy before the campaign ends. And just a reminder, you get that for just 20 bucks plus shipping. So it's a great deal. Our second big announcement is that we will be hanging out at the Emporium at Doc 5 in Union Market all weekend, November 9th through 11th in 2018. So if you're in the D.C. area, I really recommend checking it out. The Modern Bar Cart Squad is going to be decked out in tiki attire, shaking up painkillers, and of course, sampling and selling all our fantastic cocktail mixers and gear. I like the Emporium because, for me, it's a great way to get all my holiday shopping for the foodies in my life knocked out right before Thanksgiving, which makes for a less hectic lead-up to the holidays. I like to get that taken care of on the sooner side. Over on the show notes page, here's the important part. For this episode, we've got a link to the Eventbrite page where you can purchase your tickets for Emporium. And if you use the code MODERNBAR18, all one word, 18 is a number, if you use that at checkout, you get 20% off your admission. And I can tell you that this event is almost sold out, so hit up that code as soon as you get the chance and secure your tickets for Emporium. We've got another really cool product launch to tell you about, but we'll save that for next week's episode. If you're dying to know about it, maybe check out Instagram for some leaked photos and stories. But since you've been so nice and patient listening to our announcements, let's reward you with the opportunity to make yourself a drink. This episode's featured cocktail is the Swizzle, which is a traditional Bermudian drink made using Switchel and rum. Now, admittedly, if you head on over to the Google, there aren't a whole lot of recipes out there on the internet that actually call for Switchel in your Swizzle. Some rum Swizzle recipes are basically just daiquiri recipes made slightly differently, and some call for a 20th century tiki ingredient called falernum. So here's a recipe that kind of closes its eyes and imagines itself back to a time when Switchel and rum inhabited the same glass. To make this rum swizzle recipe, you'll need two ounces of rum. I'd go with something dark and British with a bit of age or funk to it. Four to six ounces of Switchel. And 
there's a little bit of variation here depending on how sweet or perhaps watered down it happens to be in your case, so use your, use your best judgment. And several dashes of aromatic bitters. We, of course, like to use our embitterment aromatic bitters. Now, here's what really makes a swizzle a swizzle. The swizzle stick. This is literally a stick from a small tree native to the Caribbean that's taken from that kind of like shrub where it grows and trimmed so that it has a few shoots extending from the bottom or the end at different angles. And the way you use this stick is you put your rum and your switchel into a Collins glass or a highball glass. Then you fill it up with crushed or pebble ice and you vigorously spin the stick between your palms until the drink mixes and froths and the glass gets frosty. Then all you do is you remove the swizzle stick from the drink, you add a nice healthy bitters float right on top, garnish with any fresh fruit or mint that you have available and enjoy with a straw. And now that you've got a traditional switchel cocktail on the menu for your next cocktail party, let's get back to the interview. In my discussion with Nikki Blank of Sip City, some of the topics we cover include where to place Switchel on the spectrum of sweet and acidified beverages and teas, how Switchel spread across the world and became popular as Haymaker's Punch, literally an early version of Gatorade for all those farmer athletes in colonial America. The potential health benefits and life-enhancing attributes of Switchel, balanced by a healthy dose of skepticism about certain claims you'll find floating around the internet. How to incorporate Switchel into your cocktails and non-alcoholic beverages. Some thoughts on No Booze November and Dry January. The definition of an ENAB, and much, much more. I will say that this episode includes a discussion about the word mocktail and why some people really dislike it while others don't really care. As a word guy, I find these discussions fascinating, and I'm hoping to put together some more in-depth thoughts on the subject. So if you have a particular stance about the word mocktail, hit us up on Instagram at Modern Barcart or send us a quick email to podcast at modernbarcart.com and share your thoughts. And with that, please return your swizzle sticks to their fully upright and locked positions and fasten your seatbelts for this tangy, sweet, and slightly spicy conversation with Sip City CEO, Nikki Blank. Nikki, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is so exciting. So could you just, for our listeners, introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you do? Sure. So my name is Nikki Blank, and I am the CEO and founder of Sip City. We make Switchel here in Washington, D.C. And if you don't know what Switchel is, you're in the majority. Switchel is an apple cider vinegar and ginger-based drink that's been around for centuries, um, and we'll get into all of that history. Um, but we're bringing Switchel back to the mainstream mm-hmm. here in D.C. So how did you first come to make it? Was this like a DIY project? Did your mom make it when you were a kid or your dad? What, what was the situation? Yeah, so I basically had to reset my gut about five years ago now um, and 
was doing everything I could to get pre and probiotics into my diet and was brewing kombucha in my apartment um, and was living, living in a really drafty apartment in Boston and got really concerned about the bacteria and the sugar and the alcohol in the kombucha that I was brewing and was looking for kind of a safer alternative for a ready-to-drink beverage that I could bring into work every day and just kind of like sip on at my desk and was doing some research on functional beverages and pre and probiotics and found Switchel on a blog and just immediately fell in love with the taste of it, the simplicity of it, and then kind of fell down a rabbit hole on the history of the drink, which furthered my sort of love for this. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So we'll talk about some of these switchels and switchel precursors here. Uh, but I was wondering, since it seems to be something really important for your company, for Sip City in particular, can you define for people what a functional beverage is and what it does for a person and their life? Sure. So, I mean, I'm sure that there is a real definition for what a functional beverage is. But for the Sip City definition, for my definition, it's, you know, something that you drink um, for a purpose. It's not, you know, I'm craving sugar and want a soda or, you know, just drinking water or having coffee because it's caffeinated. It's it's a beverage that has another added purpose to it. Um, and I was using functional beverages and I have been using functional beverages for the past probably five years to add some extra nutrition and, you know, add something else to what I'm drinking throughout my day. So whether it's putting protein in my coffee or collagen or, you know, mixing things into my teas, whatever it was, it's... So I can get something added to that, to that drink. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a beverage that it's, it seems like it's a, a more mindful approach to consuming things. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would define it. Okay. So in the case of Switchel, I, well, I guess we should pause on that because before we talk about what is in Switchel, let's talk about some of the, the places where, where it arises from, right? So can you take us all the way back to ancient Greece and get us started there? Yeah, so let's take this all the way back to ancient Greece. Back in the day, they were mixing vinegar and honey together and adding herbs to it for medicinal purposes, and they called it OML, and it was how they kind of, you know, made this medicine and preserved these medicinal tonics and drinks, um, using vinegar as that way to preserve. Um, and that transferred throughout various cultures, throughout history, you know, in Europe, they were basically drinking that that exact drink um, to cure gout and coughs and colds, and they thought that it can kind of cure all ailments. And then, you know, that made its way down to the Caribbean, um, and a lot of people have family recipes of essentially what is our Boston Switchel with all these spices added to it. And then it made its way through the colonies in the 1700s in the United States. So it's kind of traveled all over the world in various iterations, which is really, really cool. And, you know, everyone kind of has their own family recipes or ancient recipes that they follow, which is really interesting. I meet so many people who have, you know, a grandma who drinks essentially Switchel and adds their own variation of spices for medicinal purposes. So Switchel kind of was this original functional beverage. Mm. And there's definitely other cultural variants. Um, in, this is not just a, you know, we, we started in ancient Greece and worked our way westward. This is not just a Western thing or idea. This is, there's other various iterations in Asia as well. Exactly. Um, there's a really popular one in Iran. There's, you know, it's made its way across the globe. Mm -hmm. So, but some constants seem to be a sweetener, usually honey. 
and then vinegar, right? Mm -hmm. And then we use these two kind of like a sweetness sour, right? To these two tastes as a vehicle for other flavors and benefits uh, in the form of usually spices or herbs. Exactly. You know, depending on taste preference and cultural preferences, different things made its way into that combination of that sweet and sour, that acid and honey. Mm, okay. So, man, a lot to talk about. Bring us to the Caribbean a little bit more because we that seemed to be like the place that Switchel and these – can you pronounce it? You said Oyamel or is it an Oxamel? Yeah. Is that how it's spelled? Is that Am I just mispronouncing that in my head when I read it? You know, I don't fully know. I, I've heard it pronounced as Oyamel. It's spelled O-X-Y-M-E-L, mm-hmm. which is acid and honey in okay. Latin. Okay. So mel is honey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And O-X-Y is acid. Yeah. There we go. Okay, well, that's a good little uh, Latin lesson for us. So <laughs> we get to the Caribbean, and what's being used as a sweetening agent there? So different sweetening agents have been used throughout history. People are using molasses, they're using cane sugar, they're using honey, they're using maple syrup. It was whatever was available, and you know there was a plethora of. Also in the Caribbean, um, they were mixing it with rum pretty early on. The uh, national drink of Bermuda is called Swizzle, which is a variation of Switchel, okay. essentially. And that is a rum drink with what originated as this base. Okay. Okay, great. So that's the first, that's where we start seeing Switchel being incorporated into, I guess, at that point, it wouldn't have been called a cocktail. It's Swizzle is its own thing, it seems. Mm-hmm. But that's when we start seeing booze added to the equation. So we've mm-hmm. got all these different sweetening agents. And I imagine the vinegar base is varied culturally as well, because mm-hmm. vinegar just happens when wine goes bad. Exactly. Cool. So we've got various vinegars, we've got various sweeteners. Let's talk about the last ingredient that really makes Switchel Switchel. What's up with ginger and when did that come into the equation and why? So I'm not totally clear on when exactly in history ginger came into the equation. I think it's around the time that it made its way to the Caribbean. And that's when all these spices started being added for for taste rather than for medicinal purposes, although they were being used for medicinal purposes as well. It seems to me that the spices in this case were being used to make it a more sort of social drink. Um, and that, I think, is when turmeric and ginger and you know cayenne and all these different spices were being added. Um, and then when it made its way up through the colonies, ginger was a huge staple of that drink. Okay, were people growing ginger in the colonies? I, I just don't. I don't view that as a prototypically American thing. But was that was it grown commonly? Yeah. So I think that was being imported at the time, as was the rum that they were mixing into it. Okay. Okay. And it's it, ginger being fairly stable, like many of these spices, like some of these dried teas. And this is a really interesting point because if we look at this time in history, this is when punch the first. I would call it proto cocktail is becoming popular and it's due in large part to these spices and the citrus that is now all of a sudden just magically available due to the worldwide kind of trade routes that Mm -hmm. they're going on. There's obvious problems tied up with these trade routes as well, but undisputably spices and citrus and all this other stuff that, that we're seeing used in punch and now obviously switchel just became available for the first time. So it's it, this is a really important time in history, not just for the development of what would become the cocktail, but obviously also for other kind of beverages that are orbiting that and kind of 
get get swept in as a dance partner every once in a while with the swizzle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to the United States. What's the deal with the sort of like use cases for swizzle? I, I see this term kind of floating around the internet, the haymakers punch. Is that swizzle itself? Is that just another name for it? Or is that something that was made with it? So Switchel has been called a few names throughout history, one of which is Switchel, one of which is Swizzle, which originated from that Caribbean drink, and then the other is Haymaker's Punch because the drink was so popular with literally haymakers and farmers. So Switchel, for use cases, was kind of this nature's Gatorade type of drink. It was what farmers were using to replenish after being in the sun all day. It's how they hydrated, especially when there weren't reliable water sources. The vinegar really, you know, created a stable water um, supply for them to, you know, make the drink safer. And then from there, those use cases kind of flourished. You know, people would drink Switchel if their stomach was hurting. They would drink it if they were getting a cold, they were mixing it with rum, which they were getting imported. And um, then it kind of spread from there. People in Vermont were mixing it with maple syrup. If there was citrus available, they'd be using you know, citrus. It was um, kind of this drink that people went to for everything. Okay. And I imagine you, know, you, you, were, you were mentioning water stability issues uh, just a second ago. And obviously, this is a a big part of colonial life mm-hmm. uh, just very few stable water sources. And so that thus, you know, ciders and weak beers were also popular beverages, but uh, would you, when making Switchel and maybe we can talk a little bit about what making Switchel at home would be. Um, but when you're making Switchel, do you boil the water? Do you get things to a boil? So I personally, for our product do we hot fill our product. So we do bring that water to a boil for sanitization reasons and to pasteurize the product. Mm-hmm. Would, the, um, would the people, so let, let's I say- I imagine that back then they were doing something to boil the water and to make it safer and then using the vinegar to preserve that as well. Right. And it seems like that's how you get the flavor out of ginger and spices too, right? That's exactly how we extract the flavor. Uh-huh. Okay. So you've got sort of like the farmhouse situation where the the wife or the grandmother or the mother is is uh, sort of making this batchable thing. The men are out in the fields, they're sweating, they're doing all this hard work, and then it seems like there's sort of a Gatorade break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. And then you mentioned the sort of weak beer cider thing that they were doing, which is kind of what Switchel also played into when they didn't want alcohol but wanted the burn of alcohol. Switchel was a great alternative to feeling like you were drinking something that was somewhat alcoholic, even though it was you know, there was no alcohol involved. Right. So one last question I have, and I think that this might be an opportunity for you to correct something that's floating around on the internet, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe place Switchel in its proper place in the kind of functional beverage landscape. Is Switchel fermented? Because I've come across like these blogs, like pretty high up on the Google rankings saying that like this fermented beverage, and there's nothing that I've found that say it's fermented. So I like to call Switchel a pre-fermented drink. We're not fermenting anything on our own, and that's where kombucha can get pretty dangerous. Um, And for my own gut, that was just a total, total issue with gut bacteria and the way that things ferment in a safe environment. Um, so Switchel is a pre-fermented beverage. Apple cider vinegar is obviously a vinegar and a ferment, but it's a component of this drink. We're not making our own vinegar. 
Right. And I think there's a difference between like the fermentation that happens in a vinegar and then the fermentation that would happen in something that's slightly more on the alcoholic side, like a beer, a wine, or a kombucha is also slightly mildly alcoholic, I believe. Right? It is. And those drinks continue to ferment over time, whereas ours does not. Right. So it's flat. Okay. So that's a, that's a useful way. I think if you're out there trying to figure out what's the difference between a switchel and a kombucha, big difference is the, the fermentation is not a thing with the switchel. Yeah, and kombucha is going through two separate rounds of fermentation as you make as you make kombucha, and you know that's totally out of the equation in ours as well. Okay, got it. Uh, so it seems like switchel a bit more of an uh, uh, closer to a tea slash infusion. Yeah, I kind of describe switchel as if kombucha juice and tea had a baby. Is how yeah. I kind of try and tell it to people who don't know what it is. Well, it makes sense too because when I describe extraction, I, I basically you know with, with our bitters that we make, I, I say I tell people that there's like a couple very basic ways you can get flavor out of something yummy and into a liquid format. You can use a chemical extraction, which is what we do using alcohol. Or you can add heat to the equation, which is what you do when you just have like a water as your solvent and then you add heat to it and, and the heat helps the flavor leach out into the water. Or you can use physical agitation, uh, which is something as simple as stirring, for example. So yeah, it seems like it's very, very much in that kind of tea, tea uh, realm just with, with other functional ingredients. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about Sip City and some of the flavors that you've chosen to to feature in your product line. So we've got it right here. So why don't you just kind of take us through the uh, the lineup? Sure. So we have three flavors of Switchel right now on the market and a bunch more sitting on my laptop in a recipe vault. Um, but our three that we have on shelves are the District, the Boston, and the Nashville and we named our, our drinks after cities just because I'm so inspired by cities and the ideas coming out of them and the interconnected nature of cities. And so the district is because we are here in D.C., based in D.C., um, and have, you know, a really great appreciation for this city and what it stands for. So the district is our original. It's the most traditional switchel. It's similar to what they were drinking you know, hundreds of years ago. It's apple cider vinegar, ginger, lemon, honey, and water. It's a really balanced switchel. It's not overwhelming in any way. Um, although if you don't know the taste of vinegar or love the taste of vinegar, any sort of fermented drink is going to, you know, wake you up a little bit. Sure. Um, so that's our district. It's so easy to crush when you're post-workout or hungover or whatever it is when you need to hydrate super quickly. That's my go-to for that. The Boston is my personal favorite. It's what I drink every single day. It's apple cider vinegar, ginger, lemon, honey, and water, that same base from the district, but we added turmeric, black pepper, cayenne pepper, cinnamon, and orange to the mix. Really similar to what they were drinking down in the Caribbean um, hundreds of years ago and still today. Tons of people come up to me and say, my grandma makes this every day, um, which is really lovely to hear. But it's my personal favorite to drink just sort of on a daily basis. Um, I heat it up into a tea anytime I'm feeling like I'm getting sick. It's great as a cocktail mixer. It's my go-to cocktail mixer if I'm mixing a drink at home. You know, add a couple chocolate bitters from you and add some tequila or mezcal, and mm. it's just the easiest sort of highball drink to crush. Yeah, I think turmeric is an underrated cocktail uh, flavor. Yeah. It doesn't get used nearly enough. No, it definitely doesn't, so hopefully we're bringing that back. And then our Nashville flavor, um, it's apple cider vinegar, ginger, orange, uh, pomegranate, and honey. 
And um, I think for people who don't really know the taste of vinegar that well, this is a way more approachable flavor. Well, you're almost scaffolding them into it with the pomegranate, right? Yeah. Pomegranate's one of those drinks where people see it and they want it right away, which is a great thing for sales. But, but. but pomegranates are also super tart. And so whereas someone who would make a face at vinegar would not do that with a pomegranate. Right. So it's like almost like a little bait and switch mm-hmm. where you're like, ah, ah, gotcha. You actually do like that. You just were making a face because you're, you know, being picky. Okay. True. So, so we've got your line. I wanted to talk about two things. I wanted to talk about vinegar in particular and it's, it's health use cases because I'm, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about it. We hear things like the, you know, the lemon, the juice cleanses. We hear about balancing your body pH. And I just, I know that that plays into the functional equation here, but I have no clue what that's all about. And then I also wanted to talk about mocktails and um, like taking time off of cocktails, which Mm -hmm. also seems to be something that you're working on in the clouds here. So let's start with vinegar. What's the deal with balancing your body's pH and why would you want to add vinegar to it? Okay, so there's a lot to delve in here, and we could talk about this for hours. And so just up front, one of the reasons I started this company, one of the reasons that I'm in this functional beverage space is I just feel like there's so much BS in health marketing, and the information that's getting out to people is just absurd sometimes. I mean, you can't change your body's pH based on what you drink. It's The pH in your blood is it's not affected by, you know, alkaline water or, you know, all these different things, you're probably making your pee a little more acidic or less acidic, but that's kind of the extent of that. So I have a huge problem with, you know, drink alkaline water and crush it every day and you're going to feel your best and you're changing your body's components. Right. I think that's my access point because I, I see people who are saying like alkalinity is the way to go. And then you're here with this vinegary drink and obviously you're not you don't seem to be making these sweeping claims, which is good, but I, I don't know what's good. Do I want an acid or do I want a base? Right. It's confusing. There's a lot of conflicting information out there based on who's funding these studies. And, you know, as a consumer of health beverages and as someone who's interested in this space, it's really hard to find accurate information. I do recommend if you're interested in making changes to your life and to your health to consult a doctor, a nutrition or a dietitian, someone who's studied this. Don't just go on, you know, wellandgood.com and take what they're saying as truth. So for me, I fell into this world because I was looking for prebiotics and probiotics because my gut biome was totally out of whack. And I was looking for the right mix of pre and probiotics to help my gut kind of get back to where it should have been. And for those of you who don't know, prebiotics are the food for probiotics. So if you're just kind of like, you know, eating all the all the ferments and, you know, drinking a lot of kombucha and taking probiotics, there's not, you know, you're not necessarily absorbing those probiotics in the right way and your stomach isn't getting all that it needs from those if those probiotics don't have prebiotics. You're not set up for success there. So what's an example of like a prebiotic that your probiotics would then use to, to thrive? Um, so apple cider vinegar is an example of a prebiotic. You can get them from foods. So like onions have prebiotics. There's a ton of vegetables that have prebiotics. You know, you can get these from really natural sources. So, and then, you know, like a really natural source of probiotics is yogurt. Um, so you don't necessarily need to be taking all these supplements if you are eating 
you know, drinking kefir or whatever it is to get these natural probiotic sources. So something with a living culture, essentially. Exactly. So for me, I don't know, like I, I hate the word cleanse. I hate the word detox, but a lot of what I'm making is, has the components of what a cleanse or detox drink is usually marketed with. You know, when people come up to me and tell me that they drink apple cider vinegar every morning because they're doing it to lose weight, you know, my response is that, I love that they found apple cider vinegar. I hope that they're diluting it because taking a shot of apple cider vinegar can be really harsh on your esophagus. It's too acidic. And then, you know, I'm never going to tell someone that they should be drinking apple cider vinegar to lose weight or for their health or because it's going to cure their whatever ailment or it's going to clear their skin. You know, there have been studies that show that apple cider vinegar is great at reducing blood sugar. So for diabetics, apple cider vinegar is actually like a a great way to help regulate some of that blood sugar. And then it's also been shown for like gallstones or kidney stones to help reduce those. Some doctors will tell people to drink apple cider vinegar for that. Um, But I'm in no way pushing apple cider vinegar as like this thing that you should be drinking every day for your health. I drank it for my gut health and to get some prebiotics into my diet. And then the added benefits of it being an electrolyte drink really helped, you know, because I'm an athlete and Gatorade really messes with my body and I can't do artificial ingredients or sugars or sugar alcohols and things like that. Mm. Yeah. I like, I like a lot of what you're saying. So a couple of thoughts that came to mind as, as you were speaking about prebiotics, probiotics and apple cider vinegar, one seems to be that a good metaphor for prebiotics and probiotics is sort of like the calcium and vitamin D relationship, where if you drink all this calcium, uh, or get calcium supplements, it's not enough. You need the vitamin D to help your bones absorb that and then put it to work, right? So that's sort of like the prebiotic probiotic. There's a lot of different metaphors you could use for that, but it's just like one one is one is not enough. You need sort of like both sides of the equation to be able to actually harness the the benefits. Another word for that would be sort of like bioavailability. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that was interesting to me is is sort of the not not treating something like a panacea, like a, like a one size fits all solution for everything. Because I think another thing that is very true is that nobody's body is the same as the person standing next to them. Mm -hmm. Something that works really well for someone is not necessarily going to work as well for someone else. And I like placing that fact next to the fact that there are so many different approaches to these drinks, whether we're talking about oxymels or switchels across the world where people have different, you know, body types based on their ethnicity and based on their traditional diets. It seems like it's a very customizable product, especially if you're doing it the DIY way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's really customizable and, and you can really easily tweak it to be the thing that is the best for you, but it takes time and iteration and exploration. Totally. And then I think palate falls in there too. I mean, I don't, there's no reason to be drinking something that tastes awful just because it's good for you. So when people are, you know, taking shots of apple cider vinegar every morning and suffering through it, my response is, you know, something that's good for you shouldn't be awful. You know, shouldn't be an awful experience. Yeah, it doesn't need to be aversive. Okay, cool. So let's talk really quickly about something that you're trying to put together for this coming January in terms of mocktails. And then maybe we can jump quickly into cocktails and hit some lightning round. Yeah, I love that. So... Switchel, as we've talked about, you know, makes this really nice cocktail mixer because it's a pretty balanced drink with sort of the components that you would want in a cocktail. So it's 
pre-made ready and ready to go with whatever sort of you alcohol you want to mix with it. Um, but the thing that I found as I started this company was that Switchel makes a really nice alternative to alcohol in general for the same reasons why people were kind of drinking it hundreds of years ago too. They they were getting that burn of alcohol and that kind of feeling like they were drinking something complex like an alcohol without actually, you know, consuming any alcohol. And, you know, as I started this company and started kind of delving into our mission, which is to help people drink more mindfully, you know, I kind of found this space in this sober and sober curious community where there are a lot of people who who don't drink alcohol for whatever reason or abstaining for al- from alcohol for a month, whether it's sober October or dry January or they're doing a whole 30, whatever it is. But there is this growing trend of people kind of recognizing that their alcohol consumption is potentially worrisome and they're cutting back for whatever reason. And there's this term in this community and that's been kind of popularized, especially on college campuses, which is um, equally attractive non-alcoholic beverages, so ENABs. And, you know, there aren't a lot of spaces, especially in DC, which is a ridiculous drinking culture. There aren't a lot of spaces that offer ENABs. So if you were going out and you didn't want to drink, your options are pretty limited. You can have soda, you can have juice, you can have seltzer water. Um, yeah, like tonic and lime. Exactly. Or but there isn't any sort of equivalent really on most menus to what a cocktail would be or, you know, something that's appealing if you're out with people and you want to still be out and social. So, I mean, I find Switchel to be a great sort of alternative to a mocktail. And I kind of hate the word mocktail the more that I thought th- thought it through because, you know, I think someone who's sober doesn't necessarily want a fake cocktail. They just want something that's equally attractive as a beverage that's not a fake cocktail because oftentimes those mocktails are filled with sugar too. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's I was I was actually going to if you didn't say it there, I was actually going to ask you how you feel about that term mocktail because it's something that I've never taken issue with, but other people have clearly and so it's it's interesting. So it that seems like the term mocktail takes that equally attractive thing out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the the operative thing for, for you and in, in what you're trying to create. Right. The word mocktail kind of entails like it's missing something. Whereas I'm trying to create, you know, I have a beverage that is equally just as great as what a cocktail could be. It has these components that a lot of cocktails also include, but it's not you know, it can be used for a variety of different purposes. Maybe you also had two drinks while you were out and need to sober up and you want something that's non-alcoholic but can help you hydrate. You know, there's a ton of different use cases for a lot of these ENABs. Even, you know, a coffee product can potentially be an ENAB. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I feel like there's a real opportunity, especially in a city like D.C. where it's such a work hard, play hard culture um, for people to take a step back and think about, you know, their consumption of alcohol and why they're drinking and how much they're drinking and how frequently and, you know, how can it be better? And that's kind of what this, what this whole project and what this whole company was born out of was my reaction to this drinking culture that I found in DC. And as I've kind of spent more time in that drinking culture, I've realized that, you know, I don't necessarily even need to be using Switchel as a cocktail mixer. I can, I can go out and bring a bottle of Switchel to a party and feel super comfortable just kind of like drinking that instead of having you know, a really sugary margarita that someone made at a party. Right. And are you doing anything in particular to advance this this cause of trying to get people more aware of these ENABs? 
Yeah, so um, we're actually launching a social media campaign um, starting this month where we're kind of reclaiming what the word Thirsty Thursday means. Oftentimes it, you know, is promoted as this kind of binge drinking event. Like, oh, you made it through most of the week. Like, enjoy a bunch of cocktails. And, you know, in D.C. especially, our happy hour culture is pretty extreme and Thirsty Thursday takes it to a whole nother level. So um, we're hoping to kind of reclaim that a little bit and talk about how you can make an enab sort of mocktaily type drink at home that is actually good for you and still tastes delicious and you're still getting that feeling of like, oh, you could be social with this drink and still have the kind of night that you would have maybe had on a Thursday when you were at a happy hour, but, you know, in a healthier way. And then um, we're planning a program for January where we're going to be working with bars and restaurants and event spaces um, in D.C. and with some media partners as well to talk about this and to kind of open up this dialogue about this drinking culture here in the city and what we can all do to be a little bit more mindful about what we drink throughout our days, even if it's just, you know, chugging energy drinks throughout the day to get through the workday or, you know, hitting real cocktails at a happy hour. It can all be done a little more mindfully. So the mission for January is to partner with these event spaces and bars and restaurants so that there are these options on menus so that you can go out and be sober or sober curious or on a whole 30 or doing your dry January or just trying to stick to some resolution you've set for yourself. And it's Mm -hmm. easier. And these bars and restaurants can partner with you on that mission to make that easier. Nice. Well, that sounds like a really good initiative. And now I feel kind of guilty for asking about (laughs) how we need to put uh, Switzerland cocktails because that sounds like yeah, a really no, good no. idea. But, but we'll definitely um, hit us up and we'll we'll try and partner with you on those social media blasts and just get the word out. Especially if there are particular recipes that people can can make, um, then that's something that we'll definitely give you a hand with uh, on our on our streams for sure. Thank um, you. We appreciate that. Yeah. So what about cocktails though? Just briefly before we jump into the lightning round here, it seems like the what you were describing. I think, did you even use the the term like a single stream cocktail mixer? Yeah. Maybe. that I, I love that term because I, I think it's super appropriate. You've obviously in Switchel got acidity, you've got sweetness, and then you've also got like the presence of a little bit of spice from the ginger. And I mean, that's almost like with that, with, if you add the, the alcohol, you're pretty much at a punch already. Exactly. Like the traditional definition of a punch. And... So really the only thing that could possibly be kind of argued as missing is, is bitterness, which is something that's obviously close to my heart. But yeah, so what about what about cocktails? How do we how do we think about incorporating Switchel into cocktails? And I'm particularly interested in ratios. So assuming that your Switchel is a pretty good kind of exemplar of what most switchels taste like in terms of the acid content and the sugar content. Mm-hmm. How, how much of a switchel are we using and are we incorporating, you know, two ounces of spirit, one ounce, like what creates a balanced switchel cocktail? So when I'm making drinks at home for my palate and sort of my ratio taste, I'm doing usually a three to one ratio of switchel to alcohol, sometimes a four to one, depending if I'm looking for more of a highball punch type type beverage. And then, you know, sometimes I'll do a smaller amount of switchel and add some other components to the drink. So it's not just a switchel cocktail or a switchel, you know, drink, but it's kind of to taste. I mean, sometimes I think there's a a large culture in DC and on college campuses and throughout, I think probably the world where people are drinking 
you know, large amounts of alcohol mixed with sort of like Gatorade or soda or whatever it is as their conduit to drink, you know, shots of alcohol. Um, Masking, like a masking agent. Exactly. And I know I'm guilty of this in college of like mixing vodka with Gatorade and drinking that and thinking that it was like a great drink. So I think Switchel in like that case is a great example of something you can like throw in to sort of use as a masking agent Mm -hmm. and to make sort of, you know, a punchy type beverage where you're not feeling as guilty about what you're putting in there and it's not you know causing necessarily a negative reaction to your body from the mixer it's the alcohol that's the toxin in that situation mm-hmm. um you know but when i'm at home my my go-to is you know mixing some switchel with some mezcal or some rye or um some tequila and doing like a three to one four to one ratio of that i'll usually mix in a couple drops of bitters as well mm-hmm. and then you've got a really easy um simple cocktail there and what does that, this is a really picky question, I guess, what does that mean in terms of glassware? Are you putting that like in a rocks glass on the rocks? It depends. If I'm doing a smaller ratio, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll do it on a rocks glass with, I'll do like some Boston and I'll do some, you know, bourbon uh-huh. um, and I'll put that in a rocks glass. Um, a lot of times I'm using sort of more of a highball glass. Okay. And do, would you ever shake that up or stir that up to chill it down? Yeah, I oftentimes do. Okay. Got it. Yeah, because this is it's uh, uh, not a weird case, but you know the definition of when you should generally shake or stir a cocktail is when there's the presence of citrus juice. Mm-hmm. But there's not that here, but it still has the acidity, so there's maybe a little bit of. I mean, well, we are using citrus juice in our actual product. Okay. Okay, got it. So I, I mean, yes, I, I could see either shaking or stirring the switchel. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it would really make that much of a difference because. It's not just a, a single ingredient. It's an already balanced thing that you're right. putting in. It's not just like an acid, a straight up acid. It's got all this other stuff. So right. uh, I think however you want to do it, shake it or stir it, I think think about the cocktail and the end result that you want. And then if you're using switchel in addition to a spirit, you know, the, the, the path becomes pretty obvious when you consider what you want the end product to be in terms of shaking or stirring. Yeah, and I think then when we're also talking about switchel mixed with alcohol, another component of this whole switchel versatility is that it makes a really nice hangover drink. So if you do end up overdoing it, whether you're drinking switchel cocktails or you're drinking whatever it is the night before, the morning after can be a lot easier actually drinking switchel, which is nice. It's packed with electrolytes and prebiotics, so it's going to you know do some good things for your gut if that's kind of where your hangovers lie. And then um, if you're looking to rehydrate in a healthier way, that's not Pedialyte or Gatorade or some of these really processed artificial drinks, so which was a great way to hydrate. Yeah, for sure. Are you ready to hit some lightning round questions yeah, here? let's do it. All right. So what is your favorite cocktail? And if you don't have a favorite of all time, what is something you've recently been obsessed with? Um, I've recently been obsessed with mezcal in drinks that aren't necessarily like mezcal drinks. So like a mezcal Negroni or a mezcal Manhattan, or I mean, I'm a huge fan of just like mezcal margaritas. Mm -hmm. I think mezcal is such a great, I guess, I don't want to call it an ingredient, a great spirit because we are not familiar necessarily with that base with that like agave base Mm -hmm. in its like natural form we're used to it all right tequila whatever tequila is sort of like this is gonna offend some tequila makers i'm sure but like mezcal's less interesting sibling uh but i think in real mezcal you get this really beautiful character of the base Mm -hmm. 
that we're just fascinated with because we don't have a cultural or a personal memory of it too, too much. It's, right. it's so stimulating. And I love those Ms. Cal riffs on other cocktails because it just makes it slightly uncanny where you're like, I know this, but all of a sudden it's different. And it, it just makes the drinking a much more kind of like discovery process. Yeah. I'm surprised every time I take a sip in like this amazing way where I've had these cocktails forever and now they taste anew again. And it's, fabulous yeah rarely do you get to get to know your spirit better and your cocktail better at the same time but mm -hmm. i feel like it's that yeah it's it's a cool thing and I, I wish i um i wish i had a better way to think about that and talk about that because i think the similar thing happened when gins got more interesting mm -hmm. right when we d just kind of toned down the juniper and, and asked the question of like what else can we do with gin mm -hmm. very neat so if you could be a cocktail tool or ingredient what would you be? <laughs> this is a fun question. Um, I think I would be a strainer or a sifter because I'm not letting the BS get through. I'm just letting the good stuff get through. I like it. I like it. Well, that's very evident in your approach to health. And I think it's, uh, I think it's refreshing because, man, it's noisy out there. And obviously, neither of us are doctors. I think that we're, we're both just people looking for uh, good answers, even if the answers are complicated and somewhat unsatisfying mm -hmm. in, in their lack of completeness. But I, I, I would prefer something that is good and not BS to something that seems like a magical solution to a problem that I have. I 100% agree with that. If you could have a cocktail with anybody past or present, who would that be? Where would you go? What would you drink? Just paint us a picture. Oh, man. Um... I think my answer to this, which it'll probably change the minute I leave this room, um, is I would be drinking martinis with Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. And we'd be in like a speakeasy. It would be really dark, but really, really well decorated and bougie in an unpretentious way. Okay. And um, I sort of learned a lot more about Jane Fonda and her activism and, you know, her life in the past few months and am really um, in awe of her and her strength and, you know, what she's done. So what would you guys talk about over martinis? I want to hear all of her stories. I, I probably wouldn't do much talking. Um, it would be a lot of questions and probing, um, trying to learn more about her life and, you know, what it was kind of like on the front lines of, of some of these feminist movements, what it was like, you know, protesting when it wasn't necessarily sexy to be protesting mm. and what that experience was and what that was like being in the public eye and being, you know, so famous. Probably something good to talk about over a strong martini. I think many martinis need to be involved in that conversation. <laughs> cool. So... This is a two-pronged question. We're getting to the advice portion of the lightning round. So could you talk about any books that are particularly influential in terms of like cocktails? And then also, if somebody was interested in learning how to make Switchel for themselves at home, is there are there any resources that are available, whether that's a book or some sort of website or forum where they might be able to go to learn more about that? Yeah, so there are definitely a lot of books, especially recently, on 
shrubs and apple cider vinegar just because these things are for some reason now trendy and sexy even though they've been around forever um so i have a few books at home and i can shoot those over to you so that you're able to share them with everyone Mm -hmm. on um shrubs and how you can use shrubs in cocktails and how to just kind of like make shrubs and switchels and vinegar drinks and fire ciders and all of those things at home okay the drunken botanist is one that i have on my coffee table I have a book on New York cocktails, um, which is where my family's from, um, and I love that one. I have some sort of like, I have a lot of like bartending manual type books at home too, just because when I started in this space, I didn't know much about this world. So kind of going back to the basics and learning about sort of the history and the equipment and the tools and all of that was really helpful for me to learn more about, you know, how to create a beverage that appealed to those people who were interested in those things. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, yeah, we'll flip those over to the show notes page, which you can find over at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast and searching for this episode. Any advice that you have for anybody who is just starting to get into cocktails, home bartending, or on the other hand, functional beveraging and uh, what is it? Uh, sober curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to go back to your previous question, also making switch at home is really, really easy to do. Um, you don't need to even sort of use heat as an extractor for ginger. You can use powdered ginger. You can buy ginger juice. There are ways to kind of circumvent some of the more complicated processes that we talked about today. Um, and I'm all for people, you know, going home and experimenting with switchel and making it on their own. It's super easy to do. And it was really, you know, kind of life-changing for me and my gut health. So um, there are a ton of blogs out there. Honestly, if you Google switchel recipe like Bon Appetit has one you can find a lot of these recipes online and then it's tweaking it to your taste and to your palate and what you're able to handle when it comes to vinegar and ginger and citrus and all of that Um, but I do highly recommend that if you are drinking apple cider vinegar at home for whatever reason that you're diluting it because it is way too acidic on your esophagus and your stomach to just drink it as is absolutely well how do uh, first of all we've got we've got a bunch of different touch points here so First off, how do people find your products and where are they available? Like, are you e-commerce? Are you mostly in stores here in D.C.? Where do we find the Sip City lineup? Yeah, so we're mostly selling in the DMV area right now. We're in about 40 locations throughout the DMV. We've got a few in New York as well, which is exciting. Um, But right now, pretty centralized here in the D.C. area. We are... Occasionally selling online, but you know, shipping glass um, is a dangerous thing to do. Um, I don't love the carbon footprint there. And I also, um, just from a safety perspective, don't really want to be shipping glass over state lines just in case. So we are launching in the next couple of months a canned version, a canned and sparkling version of our Switchel, and that will be much easier to sell online. So we're likely going to open up a little e-commerce shop where people can get it there. And then we're probably going to play around with what a concentrate looks like and how we can get that to people so they can kind of make this Switchel at home by just adding water. Um, For sure. And then, you know, I advise people to, you know, kind of just experiment on their own at home, look at blogs, and there are other special companies out there. Um, and I think it's important. There, there are a few of us out there who are making switchel, and the more that people are learning about this drink and educating themselves about this drink, the better for all of us. So, you know, you can check out Side Road Switchel, Up Mountain Switchel, Superior Switchel, depending on where you are in the country, and just kind of learn about what this drink tastes like. Mm-hmm. Great advice. We'll uh, we'll list that uh, on the show notes page as well. But how can people get in touch with you in the digital realm? 
Yeah, so you can um, email us at info at sipcitydc.com. You can head to our website, which is sipcitydc.com. Um, our social media handle is at sipcitydc. So that's on Twitter and on Instagram, and that leads to our Facebook page as well. Uh, we love hearing feedback. We love engaging with people on social. So definitely drop us a line. Um, we would love to chat. And if you are making social at home, um, we'd love to hear from you too and just hear what you know, what you do, how you use it, um, why you fell into that whole world. Yeah. And then, you know, and advice I have also for people who are interested in this kind of functional beverage space is to just make sure you're relying on, you know, reputable sources and you're, you're not just getting information from, you know, a website that potentially has sponsors. Yeah, it's good advice and uh, a, a good way to do that. It's time consuming, but it is to don't just click on top Google result, click on like a bunch of stuff and try and gather a, a, a plurality of sources before you go and, and take something as gospel. Totally. And then one other thing I would say is just listen to your body. Um, if you're drinking something every day that doesn't feel right for your body, then maybe that's not, you know, maybe it's not functional for you and it's functional for someone else and everyone's body is different, which is something that we touched on earlier. But, you know, I think something I've learned from being in this functional beverage space and you know, falling into it is just, you know, you have to do what feels great for your body. Right. Well, this was a really awesome interview. Thank you for taking the time. If you're in the DMV area, which is for those of you not in the DMV area, what we call the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, not the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> Um, although it'd probably be a good place for some functional beverages. I'm sure they could use some switchel at the DMV. Yeah. So if you are in the DMV, I'm assuming you have a list of retailers on your site. We do. There's a where to find us tab on our site. So you can head there and I'll give a little map and a little list of all the stores that we're selling in. Exactly. So hit up that tab, pick up some Sip City switchel, and then maybe think about making some of your own at home. Uh, but for now, thank you, Nikki, so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners, and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember, folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly.
This episode was made possible with editing and production assistance by Samantha Reed, Switchel and equally attractive acronym insights by Nikki Blank, and a little bit of interview magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2018.